Now, we know that as Christians, we have the privilege of having a personal relationship with God. When we accepted Jesus as our Savior, we were welcomed into the family of God. And, you know, God is not far away. He's here with us right now. He's always nearby. And he welcomes us into that personal relationship. Now, I don't know about you, but every personal relationship I have, I can use the example of my marriage with my wife, involves communication, daily communication. If one day my wife isn't talking to me, I know something is wrong. <laughs> she knows if I'm not talking to her, something is wrong, and we've got to solve this situation. But any good relationship requires constant communication. So we know that we have to have constant communication with God. So obviously, we're well familiar with our part of that conversation and communication that takes place regularly. We pray. We know the importance of prayer. We're reminded of it constantly. We should be in contact with God that way every day. But sometimes we don't put much credence or importance on listening to God hearing from God. And the sermon today is entitled, How God Talks to You. Because communication is two-way. We're so involved in our part of it, in our talking to God, probably when you analyze our communication with God, 95% or more of it is from us. We're talking. We're doing all the talking. We're asking for this and that. We're praying for this person or that person. But you know what? God wants the communication to go two ways. So let's learn a little bit more about that today. Job, in his book, Job chapter 33 and verse 14. Now, Job was a man, I think all of you have read his story of how he was a, a prosperous individual. And all of a day, all of a sudden, one day, because of Satan, uh, all he had practically was taken away from him. And he went through an extended period of grief and mourning and suffering. Uh, so he ended up being in conversation with God. But notice what he learned about God. And he says this in Job 33, verse 14. For God does speak. Now one way, now another, though man may not perceive it. That's an interesting thing to say. Job knew that God communicates, but in a lot of cases, we don't perceive it. We don't know it's happening. We don't understand it. He gives some of the uh, examples of how God has communicated in times past. Verse 15, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings to turn man from wrongdoing and keep him from pride. So God in his communication is always for our good. God is trying to help us. He's trying to straighten us out. But the problem isn't with God talking. The problem is the inability of people to perceive it. So we're going to talk, uh, give some examples as to how God talks to us today. He isn't limited to any single way. Sometimes he uses the approach that fits our personality or he gives it to us in the way we need to hear it. There were many ways he spoke to people during the Old Testament, as we know, some quite bizarre. God spoke through a burning bush to Moses. He spoke 
through angels, of course. He spoke through a pillar of fire. He even spoke to Balaam through a donkey. An animal actually voiced words to, to Balaam. But today I want to focus on four particular ways that God speaks to us today. And let's be aware of them in our personal lives. Now the first and probably the most obvious way God speaks to us is through the Bible. God speaks to us through the Bible. I'm going to turn to 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy 3, and verse 16. In other words, God doesn't have to speak to us every time we're confused or every time we need guidance. He's provided this book for us, you see, where he has already written, he inspired men to write a lot of information that we have quite handy to us. Now the challenge is to read the book, isn't it? To hear from God, you need to read the book. So if you don't read the book, you're not hearing from God. And it says in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, all scripture, so from Genesis through Revelation, all scripture is God-breathed which means he inspired it. Those who wrote it were written, they wrote it under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this book that we have here is the word of God, and when we read it, we're hearing God's word spoken to us. So that's our first source of hearing from God. And he has preserved this uh, book down through millennia for us to have still here today. And we have it in so many sources. We have a literal book, if you're into that, which I am. You've got it on your phone. You've got it on your computer. Uh, there's so many sources for the word of God today that, that we can go to. So the Bible isn't merely a collection of nice ideas and stories written by people. It was breathed by God. It was inspired by God. All the books of the Bible were first inspired in the minds of the individual authors by the Holy Spirit. And in that sense, God spoke them. That's why the Bible is completely reliable, as the scripture just said, for guidance, correction, comfort, and help. But if you never opened your Bible, how can God talk to you? That's why it's important to have regular, quiet time where you can sit down with no distractions, read your Bible, and let God talk to you. Now, how do you use the Bible as that source of information? I, I remember years ago, this one person who had just become a Christian, and they said, well, pastor, what I do is I take my Bible and I put it on the table like this, and I let it drop open. And then I started reading and I, I know that's what God wants me to read today. And sometimes they would open to where, you know, they were numbering the, the tribes of Israel in the wilderness after the Exodus. You know, there were so many uh, people in the tribe of Judah and so many people in the tribe of Levi. And I'm thinking, that doesn't make sense. You know, you need a more accurate way of researching the Bible to get your questions answered. You know, so what we have today is 
what do you want to know about concerning God or concerning your Christian life? Well, what I normally do, let's say I have a problem with forgiving. You can pick any subject. Okay, forgiving people. I'm struggling with that. So I want to hear from God on forgiving, forgiveness, forgiving. So what do I do? Well, what I normally do is I get on my computer, I Google, and most of you know how to Google, and, and whatever your search engine is, type in the little slot, forgiveness Bible verses, or Bible verses on forgiving. Hit the button, and you know what? It's going to bring up a whole list of scriptures from this book to tell me what God says about forgiving. Now, that's the, the better way of doing it. Instead of letting your Bible drop open to who knows what page, I don't think God really works that way anyway, do it in a more sensible and mature way. You're studying a particular subject, you want to hear God's word on it, how do you find it in this Bible? Well, hopefully, the, the more you study the Bible, you know where to turn. You know, in the New Testament, especially in the epistles, it's talking to church people and helping them in their Christian life. You know, the, the Old Testament is the history of Israel and, and, and so on, the law. So the teachings of Jesus Christ himself in the four Gospels, you know, Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount, you know. So you kind of learn by experience where to go in your Bible, but there are better tools to use, such as, you know, the Internet, directing you exactly to scriptures that you can go to. And you can study that way. That's what I recommend for you. So, does God talk to you? How often do you study your Bible? When you don't study the Bible, your phone is off the hook and God can't contact you. God's getting a busy signal. He can't get through to you. So, we have to realize that this is a tool that God has put in our hands. It's his word. He's spoken it. So, if we want to hear from God, the first place we go to is our Bible. And I can admit that the Bible is an intimidating book. There are a lot of people who don't come to church. Why? Because they don't want to hear what God says. They don't read the Bible because they don't want to hear what God says. Because they think if they hear what God says, they may have to make changes in their life. So they don't want to bother with that. That's too much trouble. But we're the kind of people, having been saved from our sins through Jesus Christ, we want to be changed. God is in the process of transforming us into the likeness of Jesus Christ himself. And we need to be 100% behind that, even though it's not easy all the time and it takes effort. We need to put ourselves in God's hands and we need to seek knowledge. We need to seek information, okay? So that's what the Bible does for your life. It's kind of an owner's manual that God has given us for this physical life. It's here to help us. So we all have access to Bibles. We just need to make sure that we read it and read it in an intelligent way, seeking the information that we're after. Now, don't get me wrong. You can also just read the Bible for relaxation. You can start from the beginning and read it all through to the end. People do that and, and gain information from that as well. But the first way that God speaks to us is through his inspired word, the Bible. The second way that God speaks to us is happening right now. God speaks to us through gifted teachers. Gifted teachers. 
Have you ever sat in church and felt like God was speaking directly to you? That nobody else in the audience mattered, that God was speaking directly to your heart? Well, you know what? He was. At that very moment, God was speaking through a gifted teacher to tell you what he wanted to say to you, to you personally. And I don't know how many times over my experience as a pastor where people came up to me after services and said, how did you know that that is the exact subject that I'm struggling with in my life? And you gave a sermon today that really helped me. And I said, well, praise God. He was the one who inspired it. You know, when I prepare sermons, we generally, in our denomination and in our congregation, we go by the Christian calendar. So at Christmas time, we'll have sermons about the birth of Jesus Christ. Easter time, we'll have sermons about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I think that's proper because we have to continually remind ourselves of what Jesus went through and God's plan for, for mankind and so on. But there are other times in the year, like now, where there's nothing going on in the Christian calendar. So, you know, I sit down and study and see what kind of comes to mind, what I feel God wants me to preach about. So he makes a connection somehow, because I don't, I don't sit here and think, oh yeah, old Charlie back there, he's got this problem, so I better give a sermon on that and address that. I don't pick sermons specifically for people. They may think that I do, but I don't. It's God and it's the Holy Spirit who knows what problems need to be addressed. I don't, you know, peer into your lives to see what you're struggling with. I got my own issues I'm dealing with. But it's the Holy Spirit who makes the connection between what you need to know, what you're struggling with, and what I'm going to preach. So a sermon will come to mind powerfully. You know, and it'll be very clear in my mind, and I'll say, well, this must be what God wants me to preach on today. And not knowing what you're going through in your life, you come up to me after services and say, that's exactly what I needed to hear. How did you know? Well, I didn't. It's the Holy Spirit working behind the scenes that makes the connection, you see. So God speaks to you through preaching. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Notice how the Apostle Paul words this. He says, And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. So you come to services every day and, or every week, and you don't think, well, okay, what's this guy got to say today? Well, it's not the guy. It's God speaking through the guy or the woman, whatever it may be. You got to recognize that the spoken word, the, pre- the preached word, is the word of God coming through a man. And you are able to kind of overlook the shortcomings of the man and maybe the poor grammar or the you know, stuttering or whatever the case may be, to get the word of God in spite of the, the person who's delivering it. You know, that's what they said about the Apostle Paul. They said he was a real good writer. He wrote a lot of good letters, but his speech was 
contemptible. I guess he wasn't a real good public speaker. His gift was in writing epistles. But his personal appearance was not much either. He was kind of a short guy and had physical problems. But the people were able to overlook that because they realized that God was using this man in a powerful way. And it's the same for myself or for any minister who, who preaches to you. You recognize that the word that you're hearing right now is not just merely the words of a, of, of a human being, but it's the words of God speaking through a human being. And certainly the human being is not perfect in any way. And we have to overlook their faults to glean the word that God is giving. So when gifted teachers teach, they're actually speaking the words of God, what God wants to say to us. And the more teaching you hear, the more often you come to church, <laughs> the more opportunity God has to speak to you. So we hope to get Bible studies going again sometime soon. And it's not just church services with one sermon, but hopefully Bible study a couple times a month and other helps and articles that we make available. And spending time listening to teachers is better than watching TV. That's my opinion. God knows what each needs to hear, and he can prepare a message through a teacher for you. God speaks through me, and he can also speak through you. I'm sure that God has said things to people through you, whether you realize it or not. As uh, we just saw in the video, God may use you to encourage somebody. Or God may use you to explain something from the Bible to somebody or to teach people about God somehow. So allow yourself to be used. You're in the process of being trained for those opportunities right now. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. So I understand, and I think you understand, that what happens here is not just one person sharing their feelings or their opinions. Our sermons are deep in the Word of God. And it's not just my opinion, it's what God says. Okay, so God speaks to us through his written word. He speaks to us through his spoken word. The third way that God speaks to us personally is through what I'll call impressions. Now, I don't think in my years of being a Christian that I ever heard the voice of God. But there have been a few occasions where the word of God, boom, really hit me and it was like somebody speaking to me. I don't think I heard an actual voice, but it was so strong in my mind. It was an impression. And I knew that it was God speaking to me. Okay. Uh, and in speaking to some of my fellow pastors in Canfield here, they shared experiences with me too where a very similar thing happened. And, you know, when God speaks to you like that, it's always very short, very much to the point, and it's said in a way that I particularly or you particularly need to hear it. 
God knows our personality and he knows how we are uh, and he knows how he needs to say things to us. So whenever God speaks to me like that, uh, I know it's him because it makes sense, it's very clear and very much to the point. Now there are different things that God can talk to us about. He can help us in a time of danger. When we're going the wrong way, he can say something to us. Uh, Let me give you an example. It's not my example, but it's another pastor's example. Uh, He was pastoring a church, and uh, this is from the past. And uh, he was going to be let go by the church. And uh, he had a certain amount of money coming to him, some sort of a bonus or some sort of a a gift that was supposed to be given, and uh, at the time he was let go, the gift wasn't given to him. And he was counting on it, and it was important to him and to his family, and he prayed to God and said, I'm very upset, you know, this was promised to me, and you know, now it looks like I'm not going to get it, and it was just in a very upset attitude. And he said that all of a sudden, the thought came into his head. And the the voice said, don't you think that I'm able to make that up to you some other way? And when that thought came in his mind, he realized, well, yeah, that's God speaking to me. And yeah, God can make it up. You know, if the church doesn't give me this money that they promised me, I'm sure that God, who is the owner of all things, who created the earth, can somehow in another way make it up to him financially. Directly to the point, he totally agreed with the thought that came into his mind, and it was a very strong thought that came into his mind. And you know what? It turned out that he got his attitude under control, and over the course of the next several months, God made it up to him in other ways. Money came to him or to his family in unforeseen ways. And after the course of maybe six months or so, it pretty much turned out to be what the church was supposed to give him and failed to give him. But God made it up to him. God, in a sense, said, take it easy. I'm the God of the universe. Don't get upset. Don't get in a bad attitude. I'm going to take care of you. That's an example. Now, you know, I've, I could talk to any of you, and many, I'm sure all of you, over the course of the years have had similar experiences where you were upset, you were dealing with an issue, you were confused, you were this, you were that, you were praying to God, and all of a sudden, this thought comes in your mind. Very short and to the point, and it makes total sense. And it's reassuring, it's comforting, You know, a lot of times God puts thoughts in our mind to just remind us that, hey, (laughs) I'm in control, God says. You don't have to worry. Don't get all bent out of shape. I'm sitting on my throne, and I'm going to take care of it. You're my beloved child, and I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. I would say a a lot of times we get thoughts like that where it's just comfort from God. It's reassurance from God. It helps our faith from God. He knows what we need to hear. So impressions that that come to our mind directly from God. And like I said, God may say it different to me than he would to you because he knows me. (laughs) 
He knows I can be stubborn sometimes. He knows I can be this or I can be that. And he knows you and he may use a different approach. So God puts ideas in your mind. The creator puts creative ideas in your mind. When God puts an idea in your mind, we call it inspiration. You know, when Satan puts an idea in your mind, we call it temptation. But God works with us in that way. Turn to Acts 8. Here's an example. Acts 8 and verse 26. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, so we don't know how this happened, but the thought came into Philip's head, go to that chariot and stay near it. Philip said, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading the passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth? So the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And he's obviously talking about Jesus. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water, why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip baptized him all because of an impression that God put in his mind. Go, go stand over there by that chariot. Now I'm standing here, there's a chariot over there, and all of a sudden the thought comes in my mind, go stand over by that chariot. Okay, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but I'm gonna go ahead over there. And then all of a sudden you get in the conversation with this guy. And before you know it, you're baptizing the guy. He accepts Jesus Christ as his savior, all because God spoke to you. Was it a, uh, an audible voice? Not necessarily, I don't think so. It was an impression that came in his head. So be aware of that. Listen for that. You know what, to hear God, you gotta quiet down. To hear God, you gotta turn off the media sometimes. You know, you got your uh, TV going, you got your cell phone on, you got the radio maybe on, you got who knows what else going on in your life. You can't hear God that way. You know, if, if uh, I'm busy doing this or that and I got the TV on and my wife says something to me, I can't hear. What, what, what was that? What did you say, dear? You know, well, let me turn the TV off. I got to mute the TV before I can hear her. It's the same thing with God. We've got so much noise going on in our lives. How can we hear God? There's a lot of confusion going on in our lives. We need quiet time. That's what Jesus did. Remember what he did every so often? He'd go out in the wilderness because he needed to be alone. 
He needed to be away from the apostles. And he needed to be alone with his father to hear him, to speak to him and to hear, to hear him. So I encourage you, when you study your Bible, when you study God's word, turn off all the noise so you can listen. When you're praying, you need to be in a quiet place so that when you're talking to God, you can hear back from him. So we've seen so far that God speaks through the Bible. God speaks through gifted teachers. He speaks to us through impressions that he puts in our minds. We also saw that uh, he can speak through friends, people that he just sends along to us, maybe to give us words of encouragement from time to time, a call to cheer us up, a visit when we're in the hospital. That's, that's God using people to help us, to speak to us. And I think a, a fourth way of God speaking to us is through pain, through pain. God speaks to us through pain. Sometimes we're so busy in life that we don't want to take time. We don't set time aside to hear from God. And sometimes God has to knock us off our feet, literally, so that we'll take time to listen to him. So we go through trials in our lives from time to time. We get sick from time to time. Sometimes a lot, God allows pain in our lives as a means to communicate with us and to get a point across. I appreciate what David said in Psalm 119 and verse 67. Psalm 119 and verse 67. He said this to God. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, I obey your word. So it took affliction, it took pain, it took discomfort, it took suffering to come into his life before he got straightened out. And he goes on to say in verse 71, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. So when we can't take time for God, we're too busy, we're, we're involved in so many things, sometimes God allows us to get knocked off of our feet so we're forced to take time with God. You know, we're not spending enough time looking up, but when we're flat on our back in bed or maybe in a hospital bed, we're forced to look up because here we are on our back in a bed recovering from whatever and there's God waiting for you. Now I'm not saying that every little ache and pain is from God, but you know what? Some are. God can use pain to slow us down and get our attention. And sometimes God determines that we need a hearing aid in order to hear him and pain can have the effect of a spiritual hearing aid. Sometimes God has to lay you flat on your back to get you to look up at him. Think about that. Sometimes affliction can be a good thing. We don't want affliction. We don't look forward to affliction. But the end result of affliction sometimes is very, very good. Because it forces us to slow down, maybe to be quiet, and to look to God. So there are four uh, samples of ways God speaks to us and we need to be listening for him we need to be listening we need to take quiet time 
Sometimes we can hear God's word very clearly from the Bible. We have so many helps that help us to know exactly where to look to get the answers we're looking for. If we need encouragement. Here's my Google. Bible scriptures about encouragement. There's a list of 20 or 30. Start reading them. It's good that we come to church every week to hear a speaker preach on God's word. And the Holy Spirit's working behind the scenes to tell the preacher what to preach about so he addresses your particular problems and your particular needs. God speaks to us through impressions, puts thoughts in our head. When you hear things like that, if it sounds godly, if it's based on God's word, go ahead and do it. Now, some people get crazy ideas about what God supposedly told them to do. You know, go blow this building up or something like that. Now, you know that's obviously not of God. That's from someplace else. Don't do that. <laughs> but follow along with God. Try to follow his word. And then finally, understand that when we suffer pain, sometimes that's from God too. He loves you so much that he's willing to knock you out of the, your normal schedule, hopefully temporarily, to force you to get closer to him. Why is it important to hear God speak? Well, when we do, we realize that we're loved by him. He's our father. He loves us so much, he doesn't want us to go astray. He doesn't want us to get into trouble or to harm ourselves. So he's anxious to speak to us. Remember, Jesus said, my sheep recognize my voice. I know them and they follow me. Well, you're a Christian now. You've got a loving Father in heaven who wants what's best for you. It's good to talk to him, but it's also good to listen to him, to hear him reply and to hear what he has to say. You know, the longer you're a Christian, the more you recognize God's voice. God wants to have a relationship with you. All you have to do is ask him. When we listen to God, it protects us from mistakes. He wants to warn us in advance to avoid a whole lot of mistakes in our life. When it comes to making major decisions, to get married, to get divorced, starting a family, starting a new job, quitting an old job, starting a new relationship, maybe making a major purchase, ask God's advice. Ask God's advice. And it's important for spiritual growth. Like I said, we're here to be changed. We're here to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. It's a lifelong proposition. It requires daily communication with God. And he is there. You never get a busy signal when you talk to him. And he's going to reply to you. He's going to answer you in the way that's best for you. And like I said, in a lot of cases, you ask God a question, he's going to direct you to scripture because there's a lot of answers in here and a lot of wisdom in here. And he'll just say, hey, open the book. Here's where to turn. Sometimes he uh, uses other people to help us. That's one of the reasons a pastor's here. You know, I got a lot of experience over the years. You got decisions you have to make. You got questions, certainly about the Bible or about life in general. Hey, I'm available. You got my number. It's in the bulletin. Call me. I'm happy to talk to you anytime. And hopefully share some of God's wisdom with you. 
I want you to be blessed just like God wants you to be blessed. So stay in communication with God, but don't do all the talking. It's really important to hear what God has to say to you personally. And he wants to communicate with you. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you. You provide so much for us. And just this concept of communicating with you, it's such a wonderful thing. Father, for, for somebody who, who says that they don't believe in God and to be able to reply, well, sure, I believe in God. I just spoke to him earlier today. What a blessing we have of knowing that you're there 24-7 for us. And help us to be aware of when you're talking to us, Father. Help us to take advantage of all the opportunities you provide for us, whether it's through your word, through preached sermons, through uh, impressions, and yes, even through pain. None of us like pain, but we know that with you, everything serves a positive purpose. So, Father, help us to be aware, wake us up, make us alert when you want to communicate with us, and help us to hear it and then to act on it, like some of your wonderful servants in the Bible have done through history. So, Father, we love you. We know that you love us already, but we just pray that you draw us ever closer to you, and we look forward to that day that we're going to see you face to face. And what a wonderful time that's going to be. What a time of rejoicing. And it's going to last for all eternity. So thank you, Father, and thank you, Lord Jesus, for making it possible. We pray all this now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.